Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Here with you still in the summer, the podcast... I've forgotten what the thing is. Uh, we've, we've spent so long trying to set this up. I think my brain's a little bit fried already, and from the sunshine. Uh, the podcast... What do we say? Uh, we, don't, we take ourselves very seriously, but the game less seriously. <laughs> <It's so> <laughs> <good>. <laughs> um, I think it's weird because we just don't have the music. So oh, it's yeah. like that, that, that muscle memory is not there. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll put in the music in later. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't help that we spent the last hour and a half trying to get the new equipment working. Yeah. And... Is it working? Uh, no. The podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Uh, we're here in the rugby dungeon. Another scorching weekend. Another weekend closer to the season. I mean, I hate these hot, long, sunny days uh, when it's just uh, just pining after rugby. I, I look forward to the to the rain coming in sideways and the cold and the sleet and the ice of uh, December rugby. Well, there was. So I watched a little bit on uh, on Saturday morning, which was. Not too dissimilar conditions to what you were describing mm. because it was played in New Zealand in the middle of their winter. But it was some bloody good rugby. Yeah, so a few weeks ago I was in Gran Canaria and I was sat there. Uh, I was on a balcony and I was like, this is such nice weather. I would happily have this every day. Be careful what you wish for because we have it now every day and I've never been so miserable. <laughs> this morning, <laughs> let me just adjust my mic. This, this morning I woke up, I was immediately hot. I then spent the rest of the day lounging around feeling miserable. It's, it's even too hot for coffee. <laughs> it's never too hot for coffee. Yeah. Never, ever. It's just awful. It's coffee, awful. I can't wait for the, the first rains. I, I can't wait till it rains just because my poor garden is... 
<laughs> it's, it's struggling in the heat. Well, talking about struggling with the heat, um, I was at everyone's favourite local rugby club this weekend. Talk H? Yeah, yeah, fa- favourite professional rugby. Oh, okay. Not favourite, closest... Closest you were at Exeter Chiefs. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, right. oh, closest, closest, closest. Oh right, oh, okay, closest. Um, so, oh, so Sarah Sharks then, right? Ding, ding. There we go. Yeah, and they were really struggling uh, during the winter. They thought it was gonna have they were gonna have too much too much water. They've dried out the pitch, and then all of this has come. It looks like it looks like the Gobi Desert over there. <laughs> but the AJ Bell looks magnificent. But the, I was just I was thinking about this the other day, and like Worcester Warriors have um, an indoor training complex. That they can probably air condition as well. Yeah. I bet they're loving it. Loving life. Do you know what? I said not... Well, I mean, that's a lot of air conditioning. You know a little bit about air conditioning, Phil. I do. To air condition a whole bomb. No expense spared for Worcester, whether it's Wi-Fi in the academy house, <laughs> yeah, yeah. super fast Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi in the private rooms. In a house. <laughs> play. Uh, that's actually going to cost a lot. So it could be... That is just a horrible melting den. Yeah, I remember playing at you know the uh, what was what was formerly called the JJB Soccer Dome. Yes, near the Trafford Centre. What's it called now? I think something like Powerball or something. Power like League. That. Power League. Soccer. Power League Football Ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which on a day like today or a summer like this summer, it, it's way hotter than outside because it's just a like a tin roof. Mm. There's no absolutely no air conditioning. And There's this, no air changes. Yeah. And this is how hot it's been. My kids' swimming lessons have had to be cancelled because the water is too hot. No. <laughs> not fake <laughs> news. That is fake, fake news. No, 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 no. It's Manchester School for Girls, and it's kind of like a conservatory almost set up. It's got uh, kind of a okay. see-through type roof. Uh, okay, so it's and like a greenhouse. It's a bit like a greenhouse. The water temperature is 42 degrees. <laughs> really? <laughs> You like a bath, JV. I do like a bath. I'm too sick. <laughs> You're tempted to go down there. They're not swimming in there, so you might as well enjoy well, as long yourself. As, as long as they're not swimming in there, I, I would be say, I, think, I think having a bath in Manchester School for Girls <laughs> might be frowned upon. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, the, the heat is still here. There's some rugby going on in the Southern Hemisphere, but there's plenty more to talk about besides. Um, and I think, is this fair to say that we are about a week away from potentially... England's greatest sporting team sporting achievement of the last 50 years being eclipsed and that being and is this a fair statement of all the sort of mainline sports England's rugby side of 2003 was is England's best sporting team since the 1966 World Cup yeah I think that's fair that's very fair I think if you were wearing a cricket hat you might say some of the Ashes victories oh that's fair but it's that is a two horse race and, may, and maybe some of Britain's rowing teams. They've traditionally yeah. been very, very good. Yeah. Uh, but some, some of the Olympics. The big difference is football is the global sport, isn't it, where you literally need a ball. You can you can play it barefoot, goalposts for jumpers, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, a tattoo, tattoo sleeves you need as well now. You, you yeah. absolutely need that. Yeah. Um, but if if they do win this, it'll be the most marvellous achievement, certainly of my, of my lifetime to do with British sports. Can't think of anything close, actually. So, have you noticed the rugby football thing being stoked? No, I haven't actually. I I, can't, I, I, re- I really haven't I've seen the NHS versus football thing being stoked. <laughs> but you I've you not, doing a bit of stoking yourself yeah, yeah, on that, that one? I've not seen. I've not seen. Yeah, there were some absolute morons <laughs> on Twitter, mostly from Brighton. Um, well, well, the amount of footballers get paid is obscene. But the genuine suggestions yeah, but, that I've heard people say on the radio, where they say. 
footballers should give back some of their money and it should be redistributed to nurses. Let's not that, go that is, <laughs> well, there used to be That is actual communism no, right well, there. Well, actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because um, Gareth Southgate was actually involved with this story and it was a story regarding the Nurses Benevolent Fund. And what they did is they went around and they tried to bully footballers. This is not a joke. They tried to bully footballers into giving one day's wage from each of them. And most of them just immediately said, yeah, yeah, sure, we'll do that. Because actually, they're pretty good people most of the time. Some of the time, occasionally, whichever. And they've got loads of money, so but it doesn't really Gareth matter. Southgate, if I've got this correct, blew, uh, blew the whistle on it. Because at, the, at that time, he was manager of Borough. And he said that all they were doing is threatening them with like bad, you know, you want to sign up or we'll put you in the paper and this, that and the other. It turned into quite a serious story. But it started all on um, Soccer AM and then... The, the nurses' benevolent fund slowly disappeared, and it just turned out they were trying to extort footballers. Mm. Well, on the football rugby thing, there's quite a few footballers have accused rugby fans of being a bit salty or having an inferiority complex or a superiority complex. Well, which is or a superiority <laughs> complex, yeah. With with regards to uh, being very vocal about things like dissent with referees, pretending to be injured, diving, and all of that sort of thing. It's yeah, that's kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Of course, footballers should be more respectful to, to the ref, and of course, they shouldn't go down diving. But I don't think it takes away anything from what has been. I mean, actually, that has happened, and and it's been pretty pronounced in other games. But the one thing I noticed in the Sweden versus England matches, none of that happened really. I mean, there was a little bit of dissent to the ref. No one was diving. Towards the end, if someone went down injured, they looked like they were gen- genuinely injured. I was very impressed by the whole thing. And the ref in that game handled it very well. He did. Yeah. A- as he did uh, in the Belgium-Brazil game. Yeah, I think the problem with the football thing is if a team decides to play like idiots, like most of the South American teams this year... <laughs> the Jordan, ref- Jordan Henderson with that quote-unquote headbutt. That was ridiculous as well. He, he went down like a sack of spuds. Well, you know. Yeah, well, but we see it in rugby there, too. Yeah, um, there, there was two of them. Uh, don't don't forget, not so long ago, it might be 10 years ago now, this is when I knew rugby had changed, there was a scrum, Julian White on one side, Andrew Sheridan on the other side, two of the hard, in my mind, two of the hardest men on earth at, at, at this time, <laughs> yeah. on earth. Julian White gives Andrew Sheridan a little tap, or was it vice versa, I can't remember, and one of these hardest men of all time just fell to the floor. I thought, oh, right. Well, that's a watershed moment. Rugby's changed, and it does happen. It does. It happen. does happen in rugby. It does. I think um, the the one thing I think that rugby should learn and see it because f- rugby's never going to be as popular as football, um, nor and because of the simplicity of the game, as you pointed yeah. out, JB. Um, however, we can, as rugby continues to develop commercially, we can look heed the warnings of what has happened from football. Beautiful game. The, re- the all those videos of the reactions of fans has, has been absolutely brilliant. It's really captured um, the imagination, but the acceptance of the lack of values that football fans now have, but where I, they, they accept that FIFA is totally corrupt. Yeah. They accept that players dive and fake and try and cheat their teammates. They accept that they shout and scream at the referee as just, quote-unquote, it's just part of the game now, part of the modern game. We should never in rugby okay. accept, but don't accept you, that. Do you think that's why this England team is so unusual? Because... They're not like that. They I mean, are. They're, they're, oh, I disagree. I, I think this England team have covered themselves in glory so far. Oh, they've no, I, I agree. really well. But that's a relative measure. But, yeah, obviously, FIFA's got its problems and so on and so forth. But, you know, people might say, the, say, might say the same about world rugby when you see... I mean, I've never seen in football one team being screwed out of a World Cup place by a bent ref. 
And I've seen that, seen that, seen that. No, just, just, just World Cup, just hosting World Cups. I, yeah, well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> yeah. And there's the there's a few Irishmen with the Henri uh, handball who might uh, disagree with that point as yeah, well. Yeah, may, maybe. But, you know, it does happen in, in rugby. There'll also be Irish people who will say, we, we deserve to host the Rugby World Cup. Yeah. And they didn't get it. You know, it, international sport across the board is pretty bent. Uh, look at <laughs> like look at the Olympics. That's pretty bent. You know, yeah, the fact, yeah, just because football football has executives that have two New York flats, one of them is stuffed with cats, <laughs> and you know they carry about shoeboxes full of money. Yeah, it shouldn't take away from the from the tournament and what those players are doing. And there's a really is... there's a really good book called Positive um, by this uh, Australian discus thrower who gave up his place at the Sydney Olympics just before it because he couldn't face doing it on drugs. But he said that everyone. Yeah, he, the discus was on drugs. He's a man up, though. The only way he, uh, he, the only way he could compete and stay with the guys, um, was by. It's a really interesting book. Werner Rietner, I think he was. He was an Austrian guy who moved to Austrian, Australian. He was Aust- he was an Austrian, but he moved to Australia. That's confusing. Represented yeah. Australia, discus thrower. It's a fascinating. He talks about. Yeah. He talks about walking into hotel rooms and seeing people hooked up to. But to, I mean, to machines. same yeah. same with UFC and fighting. They're, you know, they were previously all on drugs. It's a much cleaner sport now. Um, cycling, they've got doping. They've got mechanical doping. They've got everything under the sun there. And then the South Wales. And then the South Wales. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think football's any different to any other. Yeah, it's got some quirks, and I don't like it for various reasons. But you know, I don't think I would class it as any better or worse. I don't want to piss the on the chips of the whole football thing. I'm really, really enjoying it, but. Uh, I just think, in the context of rugby, we, we should there should be values that we don't we don't let get blurred or go grey. Completely agree with that, and I think it's we as fans and everybody who everyone who watches rugby and takes part in the game should instantly chastise any players who exhibit these footballer-like tendencies, the the diving or the complaining to referees, the mouthing off, because. I don't like to see it, and I, I think, I think generally we're on the right side of it. But as we've said in the past, the more professional and the more important games become, yeah, the more it will, it. the, money, the more it? it will creep in, unless something is done. Because if you start, how much would you need well, to? I mean, how much would you need to be paid to throw yourself on the floor and, and pretend to get an injury? I, I know <laughs> my number. I know my figure. <laughs> It'd have to be a few thousand. A few thousand. But then. The bit comes in if you disincentivize it by giving, for example, mouthing off to the referee, just march march teams back ten meters like every single time. Teams will stop it instantly. Well, I'm not gonna in in football. If you started handing out yellow cards, as these like the the England Columbia game was an absolute disgrace. The the ref lost control. The players l- completely lost control. It was an awful, awful thing to watch. We never, I never want to see that in any kind well, of. Well, I'm not gonna sport. get on my high, on my high horse because. Broughton Park played cup final against <laughs> Rochdale, and we had two, one guy at least in in the bin. I was playing tight head prop, and I was having a torrid, torrid <laughs> afternoon. We were winning with about five minutes to go, and the scrum was on our line, and I went down. Not saying I needed to go down, but I went down, and someone said to me, "Stay down." So I stayed down, and the coach came on. He was right. Pretend you're injured. So I pretended that I was injured, and we actually subbed me off. To have un- uncontested scrums so we could hold on and win that game. So you went to 13 players 
to go to uncontested. Well, scrums. you don't you, you don't have Correct. to go down to that lower level to see that. And, and it's interesting what you say, Phil. That the authorities need to come down on it. Nothing happened to France. Nothing yeah. happened to Wales when they yeah. both cheated. Their well, they both the game the looked to have cheated their yeah. way to a win. Exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. So well, yeah. proof the burden of proof on things like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Especially if you've got a supposedly independent doctor saying that someone is either injured or concussed mm. then you can't argue with that can yeah you? that is well you can't argue although that point does lead us nicely on to the bit of news coming out of france yes this week. it does yeah well, if let, gonna let, get... can you summarize this the so uh the french league is due to start any any day now i, I can only assume yep um so top 14 fixtures have now been announced and they've they've introduced some rule changes uh so this is league rules rather than world rugby laws. So three main changes. 12 subs are allowed on each team. Cool. And players can come back for... So uh, players who've been subbed off can come back on if there is an injury, a blood bin, a HIA, HIA or a front row Is 12 card. subs mean there could be 12 rotations or there no, are 12 players? 12 players. And they can all come on? They can all come... What? All come on all come so back hang on. on, we're looking at a... That's the way I'm interpreting yeah. it. Yeah. So wow. 27 players can be involved in one game. Ahead of the 23, the normal 23. And that means players can... Uh, you're going to get even bigger guys in, in the, the French League. In the French League, yeah. Well, that's lucky. They've got plenty of them. Because you can have these power play... 30-minute guys. Minute yeah, 20-minute guys. It's such a difficult... So, these are not rolling subs? No. It's, it's, so, let me, let so me how just, big will benches be? 12, 12 players. 12 players on Jesus, the that's ridiculous. So, that's one of the changes. Second is the... Well, this is a two two parts to one change, which is a blue card from the referee. So, if the referee suspects someone of being concussed, uh, he can issue a blue card, which definitively removes them from playing any part in that game any longer. Don't like this at all. And then all. In at the referee's unique discretion. At the referee's discretion, and not only does it mean they don't play that game, they then have a 10-day enforced rest. That's ridiculous. So you're taking the decision out of... Medical hands. Medical hands into the, the referee who has got no information, no assessment, just sees someone concussed and sends, uh, sends them away for 10 days. And does the TMO have any part to play in that? Can he say, uh, I think you need to go back and have a look at this... I wouldn't, have, I, I wouldn't have thought so. Oh, God. No, this is bad, right? Because it's done with the best of intentions. It is. But let's be very clear. If, for instance, a Romanian ref was in charge of a game... Well, yeah, this is the thing. Yeah, it's too much power. Well, imagine... Even the game before. Even the ref, even if the Romanian ref was in charge the game before the important game, he'd be issuing well, blue cards to front and centre. That's, that's where it comes in, yeah. The, the game before... So, Toulon are going through to the final... They're or in the semi-final. They're thirty points up. They're definitely going through. The referee's been paid fifty euros or whatever it is, and just blue card three players because of suspected concussion, and they are no matter what no no longer able to play. That is ridiculous. That's what. Like, why do we want to? Why do we want to make a referee's job harder? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. we just talk, we just had a conversation about what we really need is officials to really be hot on the values of the game. Now we're going. We need you to have. Some quasi-medical expertise. Yeah, in a subject that we don't really know much about and that people have dedicated whole careers to studying. But you, Mr. Referee, will... And here's the weird one, right? 
what if they don't give a blue card and the person is concussed? <laughs> well, then I mean, that's just, a serious that, yeah, case. Well, then it's negligence from the referee. You'd assume so. <laughs> what if it, a team doctor says, ref, we need to take him off, he's got, um, we, we think he might have concussion. No. 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 <laughs> well, so any, that, any that other is, changes? No, they're, they're the main ones. and They're the main ones. We've seen, yeah, we've seen uh, in the past in the French League, French League and French internationals, head injuries not being handled particularly well. So <coughs> I kind of, I want to give them some credit for at least recognising they've not done it right in the past. Yeah. I cannot say that this seems to be the right way of dealing with the problem. Very strange. Yeah. Very, very strange way forward. Just to clarify... Uh, the 12 subs yes that is 12 rotations rather than 12 perfect love this so that that probably is better and, and that definitely plays into the the French culture of just massive units who don't train very hard do you reckon yeah. that they yeah do you reckon that they that they jog off and as they that as they, as they jog off instead of having a water bottle they get a, a glass of wine and a bit of patty <laughs> <laughs> well you'd get props who would play 30, so two props would play 30-30, and then the, the first one would come back for the last well, that's 20. Well, we do at level 8, level... In fact, I think from level 6 down, they do rolling subs now. Yeah, but we'd like four subs, though. Yeah, uh, Five, depending on... Okay. Yeah, five. Yeah, three or five. I mean, don't get me wrong, it isn't the same as professional rugby, but they and do... Arg- all- arguably, if, if concussion is such a big issue for them that they're getting they're empowering refs with it, arguably that could... is. More likely to increase concussions because you can you don't the emphasis isn't on being as yeah. aerobically fit. It's smashing things, players, so the collisions yeah. are going to be bigger. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a very very good point. I like it though because it puts a whole new area of strategy into the game, and you could hold players on the bench which were very exciting, like huge ball carriers, and give them like ten minutes off. The, you know, you, you got it's almost like NFL. You could have your, like your big sets and your your mauling set or whatever you want. In reserve, you can. It's really exciting. I love it. Well, I, no, I do understand, and it'll be. It will be interesting to see. Um, the one issue I have with a lot of these law things which come in is, we've just had a conversation about how popular football is, and uh, acknowledging that rugby will never get there. But the limitation of rugby is laws that are hard to understand. How yeah. can you make things simpler and clearer? Yeah, mind you, NFL laws are really hard to understand. I mean, you try to explain a catch to someone, a catch. Uh, you know, and that's a very large sport, so you know it's, it's roughly on the right trajectory. You'll never be as big, big as football for the reasons that you mentioned before, mm. but yeah, uh, yeah. they sound, sound like reasonable uh, changes. I, I did like just to just well, to, just the blue to tie, doesn't. <laughs> tie yeah. off the football rugby thing. Ellis Genge, did you see his tweet after England's uh, win against Sweden? Uh, think about yesterday. No. But you women are top class. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. <laughs> did you guess that or did you know that? No, no, no I've seen it. I've seen yeah. it. Sweden, you might be out of the World Cup, but at least your all your birds are mint. <laughs> <laughs> good lad, good lad. Can you Genji. imagine the tabloid reaction Genji. if a footballer had said that? Or someone really, or a celebrity? I quite like that rugby can fly under the radar just a bit. Yeah. So talking about concussions, I went out for breakfast with a ex rugby player on Wednesday. Won't tell you who, who it is, but you might know something about this, Tim. A, a lot of players, a lot of players are retiring through in, through injury, right? But it turns out a lot of players are retiring through injury, but they're also retiring through injury because of insurance payouts. Yes. And I thought this is interesting because a lot of the talk is about, you know, the, oh, the lawmakers aren't looking after the players. It's too dangerous. Look at the amount of retirements through injury. But actually, it turns out a lot of them are incentivized to do it. Well, because they get a payout. Well, 
Yes. So it's like it's that whole thing of pre-existing conditions. So if you have an injury, so Phil, one of your many shoulder in, shoulder yep. op- operations. Maybe after that, how many did you have in the end? Uh, one operation, but multiple oh. injuries. Okay, right. So after your operation, um, if you then go back and play, and I think it's ten games. Yeah. If you then, if that happens again to that shoulder and it causes you to retire, well, it's well, that's on you. Right, because okay. you chose to go back. Oh, I see. Okay. I think it's kind. Of, I think it's something. So, like that. so when you when players get to a certain age, yeah, where oh, the choices go back. The choices go back. Yeah. If you're 24, 25, 26, you can probably go. That's right. I've got time to strengthen it. Yeah, yeah. The 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 the, the signs are good. It's healed well, but if you get to thirty three, and you could have another two year contract. Yeah, you've had two shoulder op- operations. Well, and, and another one means they're not going to pay out on that. Well, this guy I was talking to is down down London, and he was saying that he was um, towards the end of his career. He was throwing himself into tackles, hoping for a bit of a shot, a, 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 a bit of a shoulder sting, or a bit of a a bit, a bit of a concussion, so he could cl- claim out on his policy, which I thought was an amazing, co- amazing comment to make. Yeah, well, all he should have done was phone up Eddie Jones. Can I come? <laughs> can I come to one of your yeah. contact sessions? <laughs> bit of jujitsu. <laughs> Goodness me! I've heard about another injury from the Jones camp, which I can confirm happened, but I'm not going to confirm on the podcast. I don't know if it's common common knowledge. But they do sound just absolutely brutal, yeah. brutal, and it doesn't sound good for good for the lads. Well, now, it's not good. So going through a tough session is good. Going through a tough session where you have, or a tough week where you have two, two guys, yeah, or two guys with season injury, ending knee injuries, two guys with bad ankle injuries, shoulder injuries. That's not good for anyone. No, no. Well, this injury stopped this guy from touring, and he was going to tour, so you know, he could probably put two and two together there. Um, the last one on in- players' injuries. How is this for crazy? I've heard that some that there's a handful of players that signed up to a policy, and after they were injured, because the people writing the policy either didn't do it right or the underwriters don't know what professional rugby is, they managed to underwrite the policy to age 65, meaning these are retired players, and now getting... Paid, not as much as they were when they're playing, but paid a substantial amount up until the age of 60 or 65. Imagine explaining that to your boss. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we didn't do our underwriting exactly right. Well, what do they do? Professional sport. Oh, wow. <laughs> Written up to the age of 60. Cheers, lads. Oh, my God. So that would uh, certainly, if you took a, lo- took a knock age 31, yeah. go back playing or get paid out to your 60 that's or 65. Like, that's like a... It's like winning the lottery, Tim. It's like a lottery, <laughs> a big lottery win. Yeah, I mean, it's so much money that I mean, comparatively so much money. It's not. Well, it is life changing, I, I guess. It would cost you pretty much what seven hundred, eight hundred thousand pounds in a pension to generate the sort of income that that they're generating. Put put, put it that way. Mm. But uh, yeah, in, interesting stuff, nonetheless. It really is. Um, yeah. One big story that hasn't actually broken officially yet, but looks like Ooh. it will tomorrow, is that Wayne Pivak will be announced as Warren Gatlin's replacement following the Rugby World Cup next Pivak. Um Excellent news. And Stephen Jones. Good. Yeah. Really good. Really, really good to have that. Yeah. They've shown at, at Scarlet's what a good coaching pair. And, and doing it in a slightly different way as well. Yeah. Using the talents that they've got available, upskilling the players they've got, and unearthing some real gems as well. Mm. So I think if you're a Welsh fan, 
Um, basically, about as good as you could get. He's like the red, like the ready, steady cook of, of, of rugby coaches. <laughs> he just takes what he has, the Take, ba- yeah. basic ingredients, whips up a dish, Whip, whips up a Pro Twelve Championship. Exactly. I was going to say what, what I don't know enough about Wayne. Ready, steady cook. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I oh, know that's the that's the red tomatoes or yeah, green peppers. Exactly. You know, I know all about that. <laughs> Ainsley Ainsley Harriet with his Susie Salt and. Uh, He's trying to make a comeback. I keep seeing him on, on adverts and stuff. Um, but is Wayne Pivak, has he done that? What, what? I don't know much about his coaching previously to know if he had this same style and he's imprinted it at Scarlet's as he did somewhere else or whether he has done what you've said. I think he was a he was coaching one level below provincial prior to going to the Scarlet's. Right. I, mean, I could be wrong on that. He's either an assistant at, at provincial level or was coaching like a mitre 10 or some, some sort of thing. He did... Uh, yeah, Auckland, North Harbour, both in Mitre 10. He also coached Fiji. Did he? Uh, quit his head coach. So he quit before the World Cup in 2007. Right, but if we want to just make up the, the, the bits in between, Fiji and a New Zealand provincial side are going to be sides which have incredibly good basic skills and a, a, and a natural... Um, a natural tendency to play attacking rugby so um, it may not be that he's arrived and gone well, what have we got here okay I think we've got yeah. some fast players it's got to be more than that it's got to be a philosophy yeah and if you work with players on skill development even bad players like me it was amazing how much better we would get at skills just by doing more skills every single session skills 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 they, they did exactly the same at RGC they had good natural players and they just did skills for the first two years, and that you know that was that's the basis of that club. So, you know, that's I guess that I guess that's how you go about doing it. I mean, if you, I mean, you must be very excited hearing that as a as a Wales fan. That, the, Who's a Wales fan here? Uh, oh right, yeah, yeah me. Sorry. Um, you are Welshman. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. It's no, interesting. Look, you're a Welshman. That's um, and how typical is that? Who's very excited about England? England's football team <laughs> who knows I, I don't live there um, <laughs> I would say I'm very excited to see William Pavuk in internationals because I think he'll do a wonderful job and it's definitely going to be a more exciting tournament in the same way I'm super excited that Gregor Townsend took over Scotland and that was a stroke yeah. of genius because mm. Scotland are such a good team to watch yeah. now you know the twist here is what does Warren Gatland do because Warren Gatland is England's dream coach he yep. just is. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's so so good, and he's so Eng- he. If if you talk about Gatlin Ball, which obviously there's different interpretations of Gatlin Ball, which is either getting the best players into their positions, as you would say, GB, yep. or the or kind of the classic big direct style direct. Whichever whichever version or definition of Gatlin Ball you want to take, it's not a bad thing to have all the players that England have at their disposal for is someone he, who's going to follow I, either of those. I ones. would be utterly staggered if. Yeah, I'm going to say, if Warren Gatland doesn't win multiple World Cups with with England. <laughs> well, he's been at Wales for 10 years. He did rather well last World Cup. The World Cup before that, they were a red card away from making a final. You know, he's got three, is it two Grand Slams, three championships? He's won one Lions Tour, he's he's drawn another, yep. and somehow he still gets stick. If he Sean goes... Edwards, Sean Edwards would love it as well. Yeah. Proud Englishman. Yep. And, yeah. I tell you what, those, those, those boys in England, my word... Let's let, let's hope it let's hope it never happens. Rugby would be over as a competitive spectacle. <laughs> you'd have you'd have an interesting deci- decision to make whether to take Sean Edwards or 
go for Farrell. Go for Andy Farrell. Because no, he, he had Farrell in, in, in 2017 oh, with the Lions. Did, yeah. yeah, but I do wonder if he does that because he just wants to learn more things. He knows everything he needs to know about Sean Edwards. True. Yeah. You know, as much as Sean Edwards would love to go on the Lions tour, ultimately he wants to know as much about other coaches as he possibly can. If he yeah. had, if he was offered the New Zealand job and the England job, a New Zealand job, I, I suspect, because I think I he would. Think oh, he's. It'd be, it'd be a significantly lower salary. Is it though? Are you sure of that? I would have thought so. Yeah, I'm I would have thought. Sure. So. I'm not convinced actually. Well, they, they could. Isn't I think. I think they the would know. Paid coach in sport. Well, that what? what? No, no, God no, no, no God no. no, no, it can't be. But um, but Warren Gatlin so, was the highest paid coach in rugby until very recently. I, New, New Zealand know that they could pay him. Probably, let's say two thirds what England could offer him, and he'd still choose New, Ze- New Zealand. I think. Yeah, he does spend six months of the year in New Zealand. Yeah, you know he does still have a, you know, can see oh, a bit of affinity for Windows it. aren't going to clean themselves. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that ladder. He can make sure that Bryn Gatland gets a. Uh, yeah. The thing is, All Blacks cap. I mean, I, I'm talking out of school here because I don't know. But how well does he get on with New Zealand? How well does he get on with their way of doing things and? Is he the guy that they want? Because they're very particular. Well, so, yeah. I think they won't go for him. Agreed. I, th- I think if he got offered it, he would take it over England, even if England were offering significantly more money. I don't think they'll offer it him. Because I, th- I think they'll want to develop from I him. wonder. And it's not like they're short of talented coaching coaches looking at the Super Rugby teams at the moment. Well, okay, so Pivock's going to have Wales. Gatlin's going to be at a loose end. Eddie's going to stay two years after England finishing the World Cup, regardless. To, can you imagine no, those? Yeah. Can you ima- take a compromise deal? Take take a take a chunk of cash and walk away. Yeah, but I mean, just 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 let's let's imagine for fun. Because what Eddie's supposed to do is integrate the new coach, <laughs> right, for two years. Imagine those two working together. Yeah, it'd be hilarious. Yeah. Sitcom. Because th- that deal was struck at a time when they were thinking, oh, it'll be Baxter. I, or, or someone else of that even, level. I'm telling you, even Rob Baxter wouldn't have that. He wouldn't have that. No, He's no one would. Man. Yeah. I mean, you've got to be pretty insecure in your own abilities to want Eddie Jones to hold your hand. And... You know, he's probably going to go in the group stage. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's not it, again. Please, yeah, not again. Please, not again. So, it's uh. it's a pretty tricky one. However, here is the spanner in the works. Why not, if New Zealand don't want him, and England have got this funny thing going on, surely, surely Michael Checker has run his course for Australia. And it's sort of well, close to home. Checker... <laughs> Every time he's looking bad and the team starts to fall apart, he then goes and puts in some good performances and good results. Yeah, their, their performances against Ireland and changes a rule or two, or bring or gets a player back into the union like uh, Kirtley Beal or who knows maybe Matt Tamua. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Interesting. So uh, yeah, I would uh, yeah. If he doesn't get England, God, I'd love to see what you could do with South Africa or Australia. Well, South Africa, Razzie, they're they're, they're they're done. I think. I yeah. think they're they're fairly settled. Set. Yeah. But They're Australia could be the one. Mm. Uh, I think Australia are building nicely. It, it will. So, all of this is said uh, 15 months out from a World Cup. Maybe he just when retires. anything could happen. You could see one of those teams that we just discussed fail to make the uh, quarterfinals, fail to get out of the group stage, like we saw in 2015, mm. and then all bets are off. Anything could happen. I wonder if he just retires. <laughs> he might do. Just, uh, just leave. Let's stay in New Zealand, though. Uh, well, and Australia and South Africa. What's going on with Super Rugby? Uh, the, the off, I mean, 
the on-field stuff has been mixed. Uh, yeah. The well, off-field stuff is... This is all news to me. It's tickling so. my head a little bit. What's going on? The off-field stuff? Go on. Well, like, aren't the Lions in significant trouble, like winding up or... Are they? Ooh. Well, the, the, well, I've heard like the Lions are in a bit of trouble, but then they're going to go back to a round-robin system, get rid of some of the teams. There's talk of potentially the Sun Wolves going to the wall. Um, the Sun Wolves going to the wall wouldn't surprise me, having seen their 77-point hiding at the hands of the Waratahs. So, uh, ad- admittedly, they were in contention until there was a red card. So I, I believe that they're going to—they're they're, they're looking at 16 teams with a round-robin system reinstated because <laughs> the conference <laughs> system isn't working. Or I, wow, see, I, I quite like this. Is this year when they've reintroduced the the three conferences of five rather than two of five and two of four? I actually think this is more logical. Well, with, ha- with that ha- said, there are teams struggling. What about Haguaras? Well, Haguaris qualified for the playoffs. They have definitely qualified for the Despite playoffs. Despite losing, yeah, they still qualified first time ever. Yeah, and they're gonna get because uh, they're in seventh, so they will get the second place team, which will be the Lions or the Waratahs. Hmm. But that's only because so the the three best teams are Crusaders, Hurricanes, Chiefs. But because one from each conference automatically qualifies in one, two, and three to get a home semi final. Uh, Haguaros will actually get an easier game than if they, if it was the, the top teams in order. Mm. So that, that's good for him. Well, the if you... problem is that the fourth and fifth teams. So it goes th- top three from each from the conference. So the top one in each conference automatically get a home semi final. Then the fourth ranked team, who is, uh, the Hurricanes, then you just go down fifth through to eighth. So you get the top three, then you get Hurricanes, then Chiefs, then Highlanders as the fourth, fifth, and sixth, which means that the Hurricanes are certainly... Uh, it's There is a possible chance that they'll play the Highlanders, but they're almost certain to play the Chiefs, which is... You've got the second and third best team playing against each other in the in the quarterfinal. I see. Right, well, wh- when does that all, all, all kick off? Two weeks. And this weekend, as a warm-up to the Hurricanes playing the Chiefs, the Hurricanes play the Chiefs. Oh, nice. Nice. Just so rehearsal time. They got back-to-back games. So, um, Chiefs, Hur- Hurricanes, is it Bowden Barrett versus D-Mac? Yeah. We will be in the second of the two games. Don't know about the first. But uh, Bowden was uh, just warming up with a ridiculous intercept and no-look. Yeah. Reverse. It's amazing how, how far his games come on since we gave him that tie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At the World Rugby Awards, yeah, you're right. It's gone strength to strength. He actually, the, th- the thing about that, he, he actually held it. We, we watched him, we chatted to him, gave him the tie, got a picture, and we. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. 
So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Watched him walk out of the room and he held the tie. The whole time, you know, yeah, I, he he binned his player of the year award. Yeah, yeah. he held the, the tie. Award, held the tie. Yeah, it's amazing, actually. What a, what, what, a yeah. Yeah, what a great guy! What a great guy. Do you know who else owns Egg Chaser's ties? Eddie Jones. No, he doesn't. He didn't. He didn't. Did he? No, he didn't. He didn't we get one. We didn't give Eddie Jones one. Though. We, only, we gave up two. Ooh. Um, who else did you interview? The player of the year. Yeah. Uh, men's player of the year. Mm-hmm. Women's player of the year. Do you know what we should have should have given one to? Given one to. Yeah. Why didn't we? What's, well, I forgot her name now. The Kiwi. Was she oh, uh, Portia Woodman. Yes, Portia Woodman. Yes, Portia Woodman, yeah, yeah she Woodman. she was ace actually. Um, yeah, maybe we should. Uh, actually, are we allowed to get female centric gifts? Because is that not just been horrifically sexist? Do we have to give him a tie? Well, we could. We could, what we should do is get both, and then let let let, both let them decide. choose. Let, let them. them yeah, choose. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. What, what uh, women's based egg chasers branded merchandise could we possibly get? Handbags. <laughs> uh, what about uh, if you got oh, the pocket square would be too big I was going to say if you got like a, a pocket square that was big enough that it could also be like a like ne- a shawl type thing yeah okay so sale have got issues at the moment big issues <laughs> okay they're getting <laughs> where's, where's this yeah. where's this going I don't know where well, going with this they're getting I'm looking forward to this a lot that the after match Attire is going to be a brushed navy wool, right, with a light blue check. But apparently, they, it doesn't look too good on too good on on the lady stuff, and they uh, and they're kicking up a right fuss. So they've got exactly the same problem as the egg chasers have. Ah, yeah, they've got to brand slightly differently. Exactly, for their exactly. Markets, exactly. Ah, okay, all mm. right. Well, mm. let, let's let, let's stick with the. Um, your beloved sale sharks and say that Chris Ashton was confirmed this week. Yeah, and I was lucky enough yeah. to have a chat with Chris Ashton actually. So he was at the Sale Sharks corporate sponsors barbecue thing. Mm. Um, got to un- interview Mark Molland Yard, which will be out on Rugby Dungeon imminently, uh, and hopefully I'll get Chris Ashton on in a few weeks time. But he's a really lovely chap. I'm not, you know, I say that about a, a lot of people, but he is one of the easiest guys to talk to. Um, very, affa- real- very affable. Yeah, have you have you met uh, have you met him before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a really good player. Yeah, just really friendly. Um, it was interesting. Alex Sanderson was asked about him, and he said, "Oh yeah, yeah. I got messages from him a lot. He's uh, he always likes to. He's just as just as cheeky and cocky as he always is on on the messages. So he's glad to have him back in England. Good to have him back in England. Wish him all the best. And then he was asked, "Did you uh, look at him?" And he said, "No, with the uh, with the release fee that was required for Talon." He said, "Obviously, we looked at we look at all players when they're available, um, but with the release fee, um, it it was just too, it was too expensive." And they've already got Strats yeah. and they've already got Lewington. I'm sh- I'm sure they well, would love him. Well, yeah, I'm sure they but, would. But, and Maitland but, and Sanjay. 
Mm. Sale, McGuigan, Solomona, Yard. Yeah, true. Yeah. So I uh, I got, um, I was very lucky. I got to speak to um, uh, some of the, well, sale, sale ownership. I think you'll find that sale the... Sale ownership got to speak to you. Mm. Yeah, correct. I think you'll find the the most, the, the person who's most into sales, most into sell sharks is don't say me <laughs> the most enthusiastic number is Steve Diamond no Michelle Orange Sam, Sam, oh, really? Simon Orange's wife wow she is super into rugby wow so uh, yeah I'm expecting a few more bits and bits and pieces from, from sale this isn't from any inside inside Oh, information. No. Well, he he said when when you and I were at Carrington, he said that there's yeah. there's some South African boys that are going to be joining the club. Yeah, mm. um, Southern Hemisphere, and they look good too. I mean, like they were doing scrummaging practice. Their new prop, Joe Jones, RG RGC lad, looks terrifying, terrifyingly strong. Mm. So, it's, it's interesting because the, the the fabric of that club is is changing. I mean, no, well, firstly, let's just sorry, let's just stick on Chris Ashton because that's the story here. Yes, yeah. Um, I think Alex Anderson is right, and I think sales sharks are wrong to spend. If it's reported the wage is four hundred and fifty thousand pounds and the release fee to spend that much on that player. The thing is, you've got to ask yourself what are sales problems, and sales primary problem. Front five. No, I disagree yeah. with that. I disagree. I, I disagree. Their primary problem isn't a playing squad problem. Okay, they've, they've got the players. That every squad can be strengthened. It's fine. Sales problem is attracting people to that ground. Now, they've gone some way to solving the transport issue, but still, if you asked the general public, you know, who is who is Fafta Clerk, not going to know. Who is John Ross? Not going to know. The fact that they've got two of the best players in the Premiership is somewhat by the by, because what you do need is a Chris Ashton, because people know who Chris Ashton is, and Chris Ashton will contribute phenomenally to the rugby side, but just as importantly will be the commercial side. And I think even if he does go away for internationals, well, well, that's fine because at least Sale are back on the map with your with your average rugby fan or someone who wouldn't usually go might now consider going because Chris Ashton's about. So do you think we'll see a spike in attendances this year? I think, well, attendances did go up last year, and I think they'll go up further again this year. Hmm. So, I mean, they've already nailed the corporate stuff. The corporate stuff is as good as, as, good as anywhere. So, so it's going to be very, very exciting. I'm very excited for what's, uh, what's going to happen next. <laughs> for in a the supporting Northwest. sale for another season. Well, you know, Northwest Rugby. It's, it's, important. it's important to us all. <laughs> it's interesting. It's, um, so it's, a, it's a lot of cash. And he's an, an, a player of undoubted quality. Yeah, and I think like it, I, I might have gone for an out and out fifteen if I had half a million burning a hole in my pocket. A second, a lock and a, a lock and a fullback. I think you're absolutely right. If if this was a established team like a Leicester or what, what are you talking about? We talking about an established team. They're they're yeah because Leicester's problems, for instance, are playing squad based. They need to get much much better. Whereas sales problems are more commercial and well, not even commercial attendances. So, yeah. so you know he fits he fits the problem the problem that they have. But I I, mean, I agree with you 100 percent from a rugby point of view. Well, it, it, so you are very optimistic about the difference he will make to their attendances. Do you know? Yeah, to the attendances. I don't think it'll make much difference to try scoring because they score a load, a load of tries. Yeah, yeah. Do, exactly. Try scoring I mean, is not one of their problems. Yeah, what well, you're going to replace what, 14 tries with 15 tries a year? Yeah. And also, I'd look at this in a how how can I win the league this year? Yep. Um, or how can I get in? How can I? make that top four and potentially win the whole thing this year rather than how can I try and get another fu- another thousand people regularly attending the, uh, attending the match 
I that would be that would be the way around I'm going. I'm sure that is the way um, yeah. Steve Diamond's mind works because winning the league is gonna. Or, well, I guess uh, yeah. winning the big games, getting qualifying for the, the European Cup. But what comes first, chicken or egg? I mean, do you want the sustainability of Kral so you can win consistently, or do you want to win once and hopefully? I mean, look at the Wasps situation. They've taken a big gamble, haven't they, by l- lending all that money that they can win big now, fill up fill up their stadium, and then be sustainable in the future. And it looks like that's backfiring horribly. So these teams have got to ask themselves, do we want to win now at all costs, or do we want to slowly build and be sustainable? Well, I'd say what what would what would what would Rob Baxter have done? What would Rob Baxter do? What would Rob Baxter do? I mean, that's a, a pretty good place to head, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but always seems like I was talking to Stephen Vaughan from Gloucester. You know, when I asked him like what was the first thing he did, he said that he looked at all different models. So you, know, you might be looking at Rob Baxter, you might be looking at you know the Sale Sharks team that won it eleven years ago, or the Leinster team that you know have been so, so successful now. There, there, there are multiple models, but yeah. Rob Bax is a good place to start, uh, start isn't he? The, the other interesting part of this one, and again, I don't want to talk about uh, sale for too long, because so there's lots of other things to talk about, but is the what the DNA of that club and the identity and what Steve Diamond has said they are has changed now, and it is gone. That the that we are we are local lads. We're all local lads. Ashton's local. Well, no, no, well, you, yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> no. You say that, but like, there's um, you, you have, local. You will you will likely have a backline South African American. South African. Whoa, he's Irish. <laughs> he's not local either way. Well, yeah, but there's so many Irish in Manchester. Okay. They're interchangeable. I mean, like South they're... African scrum off, Irish fly off, American fly off, South African uh, centre, Australian centre, Australian centre, James O'Connor, because that's where he's going to be playing. his 13, um, Scottish slash Zimbabwean, uh, Namibian, 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 sorry, winger, um, English slash Kiwi, English slash Kiwi slash Samoan, yeah, and English. Yeah, there is that. I mean, you know, you've got other lads as well. You've got Kip, Kieran Wilkinson coming through. You've got Jennings. You've got Sam James. You've got Luke James. I'm, I'm not knocking you it. Know, but I, it's I'm a good mix. It. I agree with you, though, because me and Phil had this exact conversation yesterday, which is, I believe, because of the Ulster situation that they find themselves in, that the only sustainable policy is, ne- is next cab off, um, off the rank from your academy. I mean, I, I strongly believe that. And I think that maybe, I think they have signed probably too, too many. Mm. Because it's all about who, like who's next. Now the Premiership doesn't lend itself too well to that. No, it doesn't. It, 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 Ulster it, does, though. Well, the fact that yeah. we say, the fact that we say, the fact that I was saying, well, I'm a bit unsure whether Ashton will work out to be a good signing or not at that money because he's an he's a potential England international, potential star of the World Cup. That should be, oh wow, what a signing! But you're right, the league, yeah. Structure the way it works disincentivizes. And also, once <laughs> English international players, you know, once you've had a taste of an international player in your team, right? You've gone, you've, you've tried so, for so long to build this team and you get your Tommy Taylors and they leave and you, you know, Will Addison's and they leave and then you, you bring one guy in or two guys like John Ross and Fafta Clerk. That is addictive for, uh, for an owner. He wants to do that every time now. Every time he wants to buy a player. I don't think, I think it's very hard to stick to your gun and say, we're going to just get more lads through, through the academy all, all the time. Because you want to win now. Mm. You want to win now. And there is always in the Premiership what what you were alluding to before, the threat of relegation. Yeah, which is disaster. Yeah, you're right. Which, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Relegation is absolute disaster. You, you only need to look at London Irish and Bristol Bears, who have been yo-yoing. I love the way you're calling them Bristol Bears. You're so corporate. <laughs> I'm on brand. On brand. <laughs> 
Uh, and uh, that's a good point at which to say that in future weeks, starting next weekend, we are going to be starting our look ahead to the new season by having a bit of a deep dive and a focus on two clubs per per episode. How each club is comparing to Sale Sharks. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be our standard. Well, one of the two clubs every week is going to be Sale Sharks. Yeah, yeah. And then the other one It'll will be... be a direct, home, yeah. yeah, direct, direct comparison. comparison yeah. At random. <laughs> uh, some other moves. Samu Manoa to Cardiff Blues is... Rumoured. Is that right? Yeah. He, I'll tell you who else looks like signed. he's enjoyed himself on the south front. Um, <laughs> who's the other bloke? Dimitri Olhip has signed for, for them. Mm. Yeah, after he was supposed to be going to Montpellier. Yeah, that's a few lads of that's happened to you. Know? Julian Salvi happened to. Matthew Tate. These French teams don't always come through with the... Samu Manoa is... Deal promised. He's yeah. 33 now, but he's, he didn't start playing rugby till he was 25, so he's, probably, that, he's still got miles on the clock. I actually thought yeah. he was a lot older than that. I take Simon Minow, thirty-three years old. Yeah, um, yeah. bloody hell, yeah. Henry Pergos gone to Edinburgh. Nick Frisby's gone to Glasgow. That's, yep. about, that's about the only moves really at the minute. Sorry, Pergos has gone to Edinburgh. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a decent pickup for them because yeah. they've lost a. Where's Hidalgo Klein gone? Uh, Worcester. Did he go to Worcester? Yeah, that, that rumored. Uh, he's not listed on their signings for this season. I've played rugby with um, per- Pergos's brother. He plays prop. And looks, and looks identical to Ed Sheeran identical <laughs> um, you mentioned Bristol Bears and let's move on to the uh, Gallagher Premiership I'm going to have to keep saying that for the next six, seven weeks on Gallagher Premiership Gallagher yep. Premiership uh, the Gallagher Premiership fixtures have been announced and how about that for an opening day game Bristol hosting Bath yeah, on the Friday night. Right, what's happened to the London doubleheader this year? Is that uh, still because good? of the redevelopment of Twickenham? That is that is gone. Whether it will return, ah, we don't know. But, right, but one, I understand. One interesting thing. I don't think it's in the opening week, but it's in one of the early weeks. I think in October, perhaps. Um, uh, Harlequins versus Saracens is going to be on NBC proper. Harlequins versus Sar- wow on, on the network. Oh Ooh. God, why why have they selected Harlequins of all the teams? Well, we don't know what what effect will. Again, we'll get when we get into our deep dives. We'll look at the clubs, but what what effect yeah. could Paul Gustav I've got a question have? for you. The, yeah, the biggest change for Quinns is not the players they're bringing in. Oh it's my the goodness! Changes. No, no, yeah. the biggest change for Quinns is not oh. the coaches, not the players. <laughs> it's the kit. Oh, oh my! Well, what have well, they done? So I'm okay with the home one. I don't mind the home one. It's that uh, highlighter green one that I have a real. They're not like the ball issue with track. It is. Awful. The worst rugby kit I've ever seen. <laughs> no, it's not the worst <laughs> one you've ever seen. That's ridiculous. That is crazy. What? No, 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 no. What were they Leicester, thinking? Leicester Tigers fade out kit was the worst you've ever seen. Where it faded from left to right. That was the worst. Oh, I can't remember the, that. What? It's the worst kit of all they time. Had their Gingham, um, they had their Gingham uh, picnic blanket shirt. That white one. with the. That was bad, but it was nothing compared. It... It, it fitted badly, it looked poor, and it faded out to white across the Where chest. Where does this Harlequins one rank in relation to Northampton Saints' lime green monstrosity? Well, yeah, they've... Oh, was it lime green? Oh, that lime... Because they had their lime yeah, green, bad. and then they had their, like, blue-green... I like the powder blue. blue. Oh, I did not like... It was, like it was nothing. It was ab- absolutely nothing. Uh, they should have a burgundy one, Saints. That's always been their third colour. That, that's, that's what it should go for. Anyway, that's not important, because I've got a, a more important question. If I, if you were to show a game to Americans, who would be the two teams that you'd put in there for the most impact? Scarlet's Glasgow. If it was, uh, ah, no, it was from any, the Premiership, from, but from the Premiership, yeah, Newcastle. 
because they're not going to know any of the players, so that's irrelevant. Yeah, the play the names are irrelevant. It's how they play the game. So you want open, expansive. Exeter Newcastle. I mean, I Gloucester, love yeah, I love the Gloucester, pick and go. Gloucester Exeter. I heard, you don't know what Gloucester's going to turn up. Yeah. yeah, actually, Gloucester's a very good one because they're they're very exciting. I had a f- funny Wash, story about sale. No, but sale away. wasps. Sale away. Sale wasps is a good one. What, sale at the Rico. Sale wasps at the Rico. Rico yeah. yeah. Or, or sale. Wasps at the AJ Bell. Sale at that game at Kingston Park. Sale Newcastle was outstanding. Yeah. Two really attacking teams. But, Artificial pitch, so the weather's not. Going <laughs> I had something, something quite funny uh, this week about coaches doing their level four. Apparently, Premiership coaches go and present to other Premiership coaches who are doing their level four. Okay, yeah. But I, it was described as a complete and utter waste of time because none of the coaches want to give away like anything. <laughs> so every so every presentation for the level four RFU coaching is, yeah, we have no structure. The boys just play what's in front of them, and then they're watching the screens and they're like, well, we can see your structure here. Like, no, no, we have no structures. We have no structures. We just develop structures? skills. What structures? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah they don't tell each other anything on level 4 so if you're thinking about going on level 4 don't do it because uh, you know Ali Heeper will not tell you a thing but or whoever yeah, it is don't, don't do it if you're hoping to scout other premiership coaches <laughs> do you know what I'm sure it's very good it, going back to the American thing if knowing how much Americans think like we live in cas- little cas- castles well you do I've s- hey yeah, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, I've got a castle. Yeah, you've got a moat. Yeah, yeah, it's got a moat. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've actually got a moat. No, no, you've got you've got numerous water features now. I've got a couple of ponds. You've got three ponds. Yeah. <laughs> how salubrious to have three <laughs> ponds. Um, but Bath, just how it would look. Do you know what? That's Americans such a... would love how that looks. Would they have to yeah. show it live, though? Because if they did, you're showing the Americans Bath right... Because it, to get Bath, you need it on a nice, crisp winter's day. Blue sky. Blue sky. But in the afternoon, and that might be their morning, that might not work. You'll have to get extra floodlights for the town hall. Yeah. And yeah. Pulteney Street and all of that, so you can... Extra floodlights in so it can illuminate the streets. And they do look great bath, don't they, in, in, in their hoops, if they get that kit, kit right. Yeah. I mean, they're the ultimate... Yeah, they're actually the ultimate ambassador of what English rugby is. Elitist. Yeah. Traditional. <laughs> <laughs> they're perfect. We're both wearing bath kits. Oh, yeah, we moment. are. We're both wearing a bath. Wow, you are. Bath vests. Bath, I, I'm wearing Sam Burgess era. What's that one? Uh, well, no, I was thinking I'm look a bit like uh, Sam Burgess. You're more like I don't know, Beno Urbano. Uh, hmm, disagree. I'm very much. No, this is actually I actually got this vest to look like Sam, so, Sam Burgess. It's even got the little gold, little gold stripe, the 150 year hmm. gold stripe. Uh, I, the only model I remember wearing that one is Ross Batty. <laughs> this is Max Heath. Oh, Max Lahee fit. Oh, by the way, Max Lahee was on an advert the other day doing a deadlift. Was it? Yeah, and he was ten kg short of what you did in the uh, <laughs> in the is, in the country open day. Warming up. Yeah, that's a better place for a rugby prop to appear in an advert rather than Petrus Duplessis eating Haribo. Oh yeah, <laughs> is that what he's doing? Yeah, yeah that, that, that the old... one in the changing room where yeah. they where the adult the, the grown ups talk with kid voices. Petrus Duplessis no. was in that Haribo ad. Yeah, interesting bloke, Petrus. D- Duplessis. I'd love, to, I'd love to interview him because he's doing loads. Of, have you seen these videos with like the neck strength and neck and injury prevention for scrimmaging. Yeah, because yeah. He, so he was. Um, is he still doing his um, YouTube videos? Borislav. Borislav as well. <laughs> I've not seen any Borislav for a while. I think when he's trying to take get his neck pre- prevention stuff seriously considered, he tends to tone down the Borislav. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so he he's a trained physio. 
he did that because he he came over to the UK, played at LSH, then did his LSH, qualifications, then played at Sedgley for a few years before getting picked up by Nottingham, a season at Nottingham, and then Saracens for. My brother was at Nottingham. Eight years. He was there. I think I might have said this before on a, on a previous podcast, but he. Uh, they had a really amazing uh, fitness coach at Nottingham. So he's now working at a top French club. He's a French guy, and he's he, he's, he was awesome. And uh, and they had him just f- he he would follow Petrus around. Yeah, he would go and do his weekly big shot for him, and just turn up randomly and check what was in his you know <laughs> check what he was eating. I'd love someone sh- to do that for and me. And he shredded. <laughs> he, sh- he 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 lost so much weight and then got picked up by Saracens amazing yeah. isn't it he, I, I remember seeing him so he was always phenomenally strong and a good runner because uh, he was only a young lad when he was at Sedgley um, but he was never in particularly good shape and never as disciplined on the training but I remember seeing a picture of him uh, six months into his Nottingham stint and he was in unbelievable shape and he's a double European champion yeah not bad eh absolutely not bad yeah yeah and Borislav as well. And Bor- yeah. And he's Boris. Who's a double intercontinental champion, actually. <laughs> which is amazing. I, I, I did enjoy one pre-season picture from Liam Williams uh, at Saracens. He, he had ba- he had a, one of those uh, resistance bands around his legs <laughs> with the caption, trying to straighten those legs, boy! <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's nice that he's nice. aware of it. I like it when people are aware of stuff. <laughs> um, what else is on your agenda, Philip? Um... Did we have much else on? Not uh, really. I think that that's it. You, we've hit every point. Um, there, there was an interesting. Just talking about the the Quinn's kit. Uh, there wasn't in- the monstrosity that is the Quinn's kit. Well, there's the, th- the 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 three that they announced. So there's the. I actually quite like the home one with the. It's got the horizontal, very fine stripes. Yes, I don't mind it. And yeah. some diamonds hinting in there. Then there's the highlighter one, and then there's one of their training kits, which is also. It's quite nice. It's like a mm. player's tea. Uh, it's um, at Rugby Saracens, uh, who is one of the Rugby United Saracens Twitter accounts, who we met in, uh, Good in bloke. Philly. Yeah, yeah, really nice bloke. Uh, he's got quite an interesting Twitter feed uh, or thread on the worst kits of all time. Oh, yes. Including... Now, that... That uh, is, one that of the is, best kits of all time. That is not one of the That's worst right. kits of all time. That, that was groundbreaking. The, Francais. the flowers, oh, no. the pink and blue flowers. Yeah, do one. Come on. Yeah, is, you probably need to reconsider that. That's beautiful. They've got that Perpignan one. Uh, uh, that is. That is horrendous. That is yeah. awful. That is that. Is, so you can't obviously. This is a podcast. Yellow and red go, diamonds. Go to at, at Ruby Saracens to have a look at these. Yeah. Um, and then. There's some so Northampton. There's eight kits there of Northampton, <laughs> which are <laughs> well, actually the, the, the top left. left. The, t- the two in the top left are okay, and the, that maybe that bottom. Good God! The rest of them are Ugh. awful. They've got such Northampton old school kits. I like the Gloucester, yeah. by the way. We talked about this on the podcast. They've sort of returned to that quite a traditional, mm. like the, the the era of. I remember James Forrester and. Um, not James Forrester. What's his name? Uh, the number eight who played for England. Yeah, Forrester. James, Forrester. James Forrester. Yeah, yeah. yeah, James Forrester. Phil Vickery was there. Yeah, they had the Pete Buxton and players like that in that that mainly red James, with James Simpson Daniel. James Simpson era. Dampel, Yeah, and uh, he was the winger who then went to Worcester. Garvey. Oh yeah, yes. all, all that era. So uh, the 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 red with thin dark blue and white hoops. Yeah, yeah, yes, I, yes. Lovely. They've gone back to that this year. Have they? 
Yeah. Are they still X blades? Because the I the X so, yeah. the X blade shorts are everything I want in shorts. In their very very short, the X blade shirts are they just don't fit right. Mm. They're baggy in all the wrong places. Mm. Leave far too much to the imagination. Mm. Yes, quite. Um, I don't think I've got anything else to say. No, I just I just quickly. Uh, hopped onto Twitter and we've had quite a few people getting in touch uh, we should talk about the Sevens World Cup next week you should if I knew anything about it well we'll do our research and we'll talk right. about the Rugby Sevens World Cup um, we'll, we'll do we'll do that next week when does it start? two weeks two weekends it's 20, 24th to 27th something like that is that in San Fran? in San Francisco so yeah. I do I do know a, a rather good expert when it comes to Sevens I might go and tap him up yep um uh, our mate Gavin Doyle said, "If England or France win the football World Cup or even reach the final, uh, do you think it will? Do you think the increase in popularity of football in either country could be a detriment to rugby?" No, because r- r- football could be as popular as, yeah. yeah, as it likes. I'm always going to want to play rugby. We're but, always going to yeah. want to hit, hit Fo- people. You either want to play it or you don't. Football is already the most popular sport. Yeah, so I, had, I don't think it will do. We've had quite a lot of people asking uh, asking about the uh, the tier two tour or otherwise, so we need to get our right. Okay, so I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna just throw out some suggestions. All right. Yeah. So, I think it's it should be Madrid Mark Two because I loved it so much, and we've got the venue so, and so forth. But there is the you hate that venue. well that venue. Yes. No, they're not getting our business again. No <laughs> yeah, way. Tim, if you can find another venue in Madrid, and there believe is. me, I have tried. Yes, well, there is no other venues in Madrid. There are no other, but I mean, I really well, I'm not, tried. I'm, I'm, I refuse to go. You two yeah. can go back there. I'm not going back to that place. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, the Italian derby to me sounds glorious. Treviso Benetton. Treviso Benetton. Uh, Benetton. Yeah, yeah versus Zebra. Zebra. Yeah. It's just up the road from Vienna as well. It is. Mm. Now here is where it gets a little vi- Venice. Venice, sorry. Yeah. yeah cool. Here's where it gets a little bit controversial. Sale are going to Bordeaux. No. <laughs> and they're going to Connacht. I, so I would rather I do I, I, a I random. Yeah. I, I don't think we should do a sale game. I'd rather do. I'd rather do like. How a, about Connacht know, at Bordeaux? I'd rather do like Bordeaux Lyon or Lyon Bordeaux or something like that. Just a, well, Okay, okay. So if we're going to go like this, what about then? One of the best rivalries is. Beirits against Bayonne. Okay, and it's on it's on the French coast. Yeah, on south the, south of France, southwest coast. It's a good, great surfing town. We, hold on, are we get. I, I'm all for that as a as a trip, but are we getting away from the point of tier two? The tier two. No, tour? So first I have a good old booze <laughs> up. Well, we can go and do that as well. But what Portugal? What, watch out for Portugal as well. Well, yeah, there's that. But who are the lowest ranked teams in the European Challenge Cup? Who are the two that have been sort of bumped up from? Uh, Isn't there like a yeah like um, NSI? Well, NSI or... are one of them, obviously. But there's is there a German team? There was, but they got booted out ah, because Peter Hans Wild owns uh, Stade Francais as well, and they were both oh, in the same that competition. Could have been all right. Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad shout. But we, we, yeah, we could. Do... Yeah, it needs, it needs to be. I it can't doing... be top tier rugby. That's the only thing we know. I wouldn't mind doing uh... French second division. Sounds great. Well, we we could do uh, rugby nations cup. So. Six Nations Tier 2 what? or even Six Nations Tier 3 what about yeah so a friend, a friend of mine did I think it was um, Czech Republic Moldova uh, see that could in, be a in really, Prague in Prague ooh <laughs> ooh, now, ooh that's Tasty. interesting yeah well, interesting a bit closer to home how about Cornish Pirates <laughs> why not <laughs> let's, let's um yeah let's take this out of off the pod mm. yeah. take it well, offline well the reason I, I brought it up is firstly 
anyone have any suggestions because traditionally we have tied it to the six nations and looked at the tournament tournament below and we're still open to that idea uh, but we feel a little bit hurt by the um, the goings on the shenanigans this year but um, that's why I think we should go back and support Spain yes you know to, to let them know that we've not forgotten them yeah, Even- I, I hear that I also sometimes change sometimes looking at something new anyway at this point it's a blank it's a blank sheet of paper uh-huh. with a few ideas on it that we've just spouted there but if you have another thought or you've uh, if Phil's got a mate that went to Czech Republic v Moldova if you've also know people that have gone and tried something out or there's a city that's particularly good send us sealed that... bids yeah <laughs> so yeah. In, in the in the tier below so Portugal are playing uh, a playoff against Romania to qualify upwards which probably Romania will win but then, so Portugal, Holland, Czech Republic, Switzerland, Poland, Moldova. So there's options there. Mm. Going to Poland. Prague or I don't know where Switzerland play. Poland's fun. Switzerland would be Poland bloody expensive. Be... Yeah, but there's, there's something nice about uh, things being very, very expensive. <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Switzerland. I was on uh, Lake Geneva for a wedding last year, and it was tremendous really it's phenomenally expensive actually but Look, it's very good if you if you know the game right and you want to host us for whatever reason just build it and we will come yeah mm-hmm. I, I, I want to try and get to more European games not necessarily internationals but just more yeah more uh, in European rugby this well, that, year well that is where we could we could build it around potentially there's a Challenge Cup or Champions Cup game on a Saturday and a Sunday Potentially in in two different French yeah. French towns, for example, which is what we did last year with our uh, Belfast and Dublin trip. Yes, we did. That was a good trip. That was more yeah. of a private trip. I'd be up for doing that. So, well, I'm I'm up for doing yeah, not necessarily the tier two tour. I think we should still do that, but just more weekends like that. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. So generally, let the boys play. Yeah. Absolutely. Right there you are. Nice nice hour for you all. Um, you, haven't you guys got to watch Love Island? We've got to watch Love Island. We're an hour late, and then we've got to do bloody Love Island pod. Yeah, make sure you do, make sure you get the Love Island pod in your life. Um, the biggest unofficial uh, Love Island podcast there is. It's, <laughs> it's sh- I'm, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed and proud because um, builds you know, nothing. Even having people reach out to potentially offer places at a live final. Um, yes, that's that's the sort of thing that's happening. So we, if you want to come to a um, a kind of egg chasers Love Island hybrid. Yeah. Uh, tour to uh, Mallorca. Tier 2 Love Island final. <laughs> <laughs> it was your Australian Love Island. Right, let the boys play. Let the boys play. Bye-bye.